let's see, finish this sentence so that, and like say the first thing that comes to your head so that I know where to line this up. Last night I had a dream about traveling. Ah, I miss it. I miss it so much. Traveling is always fun, especially when you're in college and you don't have any other responsibilities. Oh my gosh. You can just go wherever you want to. There was, there was one summer um, when we were in college, some of my roommates went to Colorado and they drove. So they went on this big swath of a trip out West. That's awesome. And I was working at the library at the time. So I wasn't, I wasn't taking off work. And I mean, I, my introverted self enjoyed their trip because I had the house to myself. (laughs) So that was very enjoyable. But yeah. kind of like you're saying, looking back, it's like, man, I kind of wish I'd gone on that trip. Yeah, we, um, me and a good friend of mine, we were going to take a trip to um, the Grand Canyon. And we were planning on just driving out there. And we were actually going to take his truck. And I said, dude, I would totally be okay with us just sleeping in the back of your truck. That would not bother me at all. And I said, let's let's just go. And, uh, so he said, okay. And so we saved up for it. It was the week before we were supposed to go and he canceled on me. No. And he said, no, I don't want to do it. I just don't feel good about it. And I was like, dude, come on. I was so upset. And me being financially responsible, decided to take the money and put it towards paying off my car instead of, what I wish I had done, which is just bought a plane ticket to somewhere and just gone. I well, wish I had done that. Yeah. But I feel no, like it's one of those I things. to be responsible. Future you, or at this point, present you, both like respects and is just very bitter at how responsible past you was. Yep. It's like, this was the right decision at the time, but I wish you had made a mistake you could have learned from later on, man. Right. Also, Jay, I have a secret for you. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna do it yourself, Grand Canyon trip? Sure. Do you have a shovel? <laughs> okay, so the Grand Canyon's a hole in the ground, right? Yeah. And you have a shovel. Right. Boom. Be the cheapest Grand Canyon <laughs> trip ever. Although, we... you know, it's all perspective too, so you could like set the camera down and make it look like it's the Grand Canyon. I mean, any canyon is a Grand Canyon to an ant. <laughs> Any any canyon is the Grand Canyon if you dream big enough. That's fair. I'm just going to start photoshopping myself in exotic places. It's like me at the <laughs> Eiffel Tower and like me at the Tower of London. But it's just the same picture. Oh, 100%. Put into different places. 100% the same picture. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. Nope. No, no, no. No superheroes here. Just Jay and John. Welcome to the nerdiest podcast you'll ever hear. They didn't ask us. Well, welcome to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am John, and with me, of course, is my co-host, Jay. Glad to be wait, here, wait everybody. Um Hold on, hold on a second. Hold on, it's been... One it's week been like, since you looked at it. It's been like eight weeks. Hold on. <laughs> oh, that's right, I'm Jay. I'm Jay, and here's oh, wait, my co-host, oh. John. Oh, wait, we we weren't rolling with that? I was going to roll with that, but like not be a jerk about it. <laughs> wow, I'm just so tired from my move, and 
you know, my is is he technically an infant now? I don't know where those like delineations occur. I don't know. He's six months. Okay, my six month old, like, whew. kids, you have them, and you never sleep a night. Am I right, parents? Um, <laughs> just drastically oversimplifying Jay's life. Well, welcome back, guys. It's it's been too long, too long. I was so excited. I, I uh, was thinking about this all day. I was like, hey, I'm going to be recording. And then I was like, dang, there's been a lot of news that has happened since we last talked. <laughs> so there's a lot we got to talk about today. So should we jump right into it? I think so. I think that's probably best. Phew. So start. Uh, so I didn't I didn't put all the news down because there's a lot of news that has come out recently. But just at the top, you know, the Justice League full trailer has been revealed. I, I thought we were getting the trailer that. on Sunday. It's a teaser for the new trailer. Oh, I thought it was the whole trailer because we get like a full on look at Darkseid. Or I was it just a teaser? I think it's I think the full trailer is Sunday. Oh, OK. I might I well, might geez, be mistaken. What a teaser then. The teaser for the trailer. What? It's so confusing. Dude, those were the days, man. Do you remember? I don't remember what movie it was before. But it was it ended it was the teaser for the Dark Knight, and it was just like thirty seconds of strictly audio. There was no visual to accompany it or anything. It was just an audio and kind of like a like so I have Audacity open on the side here and it tracks kind of the volume of of the speech and everything. It was kinda of like that. And then it ended I think it was for the Dark Knight and I was like, Man, this movie's gonna be so cool. I don't even remember that. It was either That's it was been, either that was a long time ago. It was either for the Dark Knight or like the trailer was before the Dark Knight, like in that trailer set. And I remember thinking, like, whatever this is, this is gonna be really cool. I'll have to look that up on YouTube later. Well, we uh as far as news goes, uh Sonic two has officially Electric Boogaloo been announced and it is coming out April eighth, twenty twenty two, which is actually the same date as Into the Spider Verse. I feel like one of those movies is going to move, and it's not going to be Spider-Verse. is not like the other. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a bold strip. Oh, one of the like top ten greatest animated movies of the last 20 years. Let's come out the same day as their sequel. No. No, that's a mistake. <laughs> well, I, I will say this. Um, I actually talked to somebody about this today, and uh, he didn't want me to mention his name, but he said he would listen to the episode um, he, I think, had a really good point. I said, so which one do you think is going to win in the box office? Just, I was actually joking. And he said, well, actually, he goes, opening weekend, it's going to be Into the Spider-Verse, but he thinks the more views, the more movie views will be for Sonic 2. Because it'll hit syndication faster? Because it won't be as good? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. I was like, "Huh, oh, that's an interesting take." I'd be interested to see that the, um, you know, I guess would it be called a teaser? I don't know, but it's it's got the Sonic logo like it did last time, and then the two has the tails at the end, which so, so did the first Sonic movie. Uh-huh. It had tails at the end. Spoiler uh-huh. alert! It's been out for a year. Deal with it. Yes, it did. It was actually one of the only movies that we reviewed last year. <laughs> that actually came out last year. Right. I was I was talking with a coworker of mine. So um, my wife and some friends of ours and myself 
have been going to the movies every Tuesday night here in town because they've been showing like old movies and stuff and it's been a really fun experience. And I was talking to one of my coworkers about it and I was like, yeah, I think the oldest movie I saw in the theater last year was from like 1943. And he was like, you what? And I was like, yeah, it's Casablanca. It's one of the like top five movies of all time. It's really good. He was like, and you liked it? I was like, yes, yes, I liked Casablanca. <laughs> this was on the heels of the conversation. Like, yeah, we saw Breakfast at Tiffany's this past week. And for me, it was my first time having seen it. I was like, oh, okay, I mean, it's good. It's not like top 10 for me or anything, but I'm I'm better for having seen it. Well, Scooby-Doo prequel, Scooby-Doo prequel show is coming out on HBO Max. But uh, hold up, because it isn't for the kids. It's an adult animation cartoon about Velma. You're right. Because I saw on Twitter, Mindy Kaling is the voice of Velma. Yep. And I'll be honest, I'm pretty okay with that. You are? Yes. Seriously? Yes. It took took me a second. I'm actually kind of shocked. And I did have to think about it, but Mindy Kaling, as a writer, is very talented. As a voice actress... I think she's very good. She was, uh, which one was she in Inside? Disgust, I think. Oh, yeah. In Inside yeah, Out. Was. Yeah. And, I mean, she's very smart, very clever, and I feel like she can do it. That's not so much what I was shocked about. Are you okay with it being an adult cartoon? Oh, 100%. Huh. 100%. Adult cart Like, because it's not, like, for people our parents' age. It's for people our age. Like, we are the new target market for new shows to come out because we are theoretically old enough that we have income we could spend on something like that. Huh. So it's like, oh, okay, you know, they might not want to watch a a Y7 TV show because if they want to do that, they'll just get the DVD edition or DVD. What is this? 2008. They'll get the (laughs) Blu-rays or the digital copies of the original Scooby-Doo show and they'll have that nostalgia. So making it an adult show adds that, kind of new blood to the creative process if you will it's like the the lord of the rings right from the early 2000s essentially game of thrones appealed to that to that same market because they were you know 10 12 years older so they were more mature they were theoretically ready for a more mature show yeah. No, I'm not saying that I condone everything that happened in Game of Thrones. I think a lot of it was ultimately gratuitous, but I think that's kind of where that progression comes from. And also, you you look at the longevity of shows like South Park or The Simpsons, even Family Guy, and add in something like Big Mouth on um, Netflix. Like adult animation shows are like critically, they're pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, they're good and all and they're good for adults but i just think it's interesting to take something that is you know scooby-doo is very much geared for kids and then to take that and say hey we're gonna make a show about velma but it's gonna be an adult show an adult cartoon a prequel to the scooby-doo series i just was kind of shocked by that i don't know i don't know it seems like I mean, I know it's not on the same scale at all, but it almost feels like, hey, let's take the prequel to before Mickey and Minnie met and have an adult cartoon with Minnie Mouse. 
to see what her life was like before she actually met Mickey. Like, that's the same vibe I get. I mean, yes and no. Because if you look at it, the the gang in Scooby-Doo, there are five of them, right? And the two pairs have pretty understandable origin stories, right? So you have Shaggy and Scooby. You have Fred and Daphne. Velma yeah. is by far the outlier of that group. Yeah. So if they were going to she do an origin... She didn't get a lot of attention. Hers, like, she's the one who makes sense. Because, I mean, who really wants a Fred origin story? Well, yeah, de- nobody it's wants like, a Fred origin he's, story. He's just Troy from Community. He was an athlete who got hurt. Boom, Fred. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. And, like, huh. I'm not intrigued enough to get HBO Max solely to watch that. But if I got HBO Max, I would watch it. Well, count me out. That's all I gotta say. I'm not. It, it does not appeal to me at all. Um, speaking of, uh, you mentioned Game of Thrones. Uh, I think we all remember that Pedro Pascal was in Game of Thrones. R.I.P. And we also may not know the lesser-known Bella Ramsey, who played the young girl who stands up to Jon Snow in the last season. Oh, no. What's her name? I can't remember her character name, but she was kind of a breakout character. It's not that she stands up to Jon Snow. It's that she stands up for Jon. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. See, I don't even remember. That last season was kind of like in, in one in one eye out the other is that a thing (laughs) i'm trying to develop a phrase you goldfished the last season yes i goldfished the last season that's because like you watched it you encountered it you forgot about it goldfish i turned around and then was like what what did i just watch liana mormont maybe that's that's who i think that was well anyway i'm looking it up this is killing me pedro pascal has been uh hired to star as Joel Miller and Bella Ramsey is going to be Ellie in the Last of Us HBO series. What? I didn't know yep. that. That's awesome. HBO is really stepping up their game as far as uh, shows go. They're going to be releasing a whole bunch of stuff. I'm very concerned with like strong narrative games being adapted. I have the same fear with Uncharted, but kind of mitigated because of the success of like Indiana Jones and they're roughly the same plot, to be honest with you. Sure. But The Last of Us is such a strong, like, self-contained narrative. Like, I feel like not a lot happens outside of the game. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering if it's going to be kind of a Witcher situation. It could. Where how The Witcher is more of an adaptation of the books. Yeah. Not like not even well, kind of similar to the games but not really. And then this might be like, you know, we're adapting original stories using these characters. I don't know. I'm that's very exciting because I think Pedro Pascal is very talented and like you said Bella Ramsey who was Liana Mormont. I looked it up, it's who it was. She, her character was incredible and she was very good playing her so i think it's going to come down to the showrunners the creative team who they kind of get behind it from a behind the scenes perspective is really gonna make or break it now of course we got the uh, falcon and the winter soldier full trailer revealed john i know you are super pumped about this i was so excited i saw so it came out during the super bowl 
and I saw the day before, it was like, rumor has it there's a new Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer tomorrow night. And I was like, their dad gum better be after seeing this rumor, because I'm so excited for this. And WandaVision has been, for the most part, very, very good. So yes. I have critically, I have that same high expectation for Falcon and Winter Soldier, if not higher, because it's characters I actually care about. And as far as news goes, that's probably the highlights, high points. So we will end news. We will end there. <laughs> the way you were phrasing that, you're like, that's the high points. Now for the low points. I was like, oh, no, this is about to go very poorly. No, 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 no. We're not. We're gonna just gonna avoid those. A lot of rumors going around, and I don't really want to cover rumors anymore. That's fair. I mean, it's a great album, but like, what hasn't already been said about it? Rumors are just—they're. I don't know. It, like, you get excited about stuff, and then like those rumors don't ever hold up, and then it's like, well, why do we even talk about it? So I would much rather just wait until we know for sure. That's fair. One division. Wanda so Vision. we've had a few vi- a few visions had a few episodes <laughs> well, of those i didn't did, did we only reviewed the first two didn't we originally that would make sense because we skipped we we postponed one episode which would have been two weeks and then it's been two weeks since and we're episode six came out today so that would be four episodes so three four five and six yes well, I do remember episode three kind of starts out like the Brady Bunch. I'm I am gonna have to pull these up. I don't remember anything past like maybe episode four specifically. Like I remember having seen it, but I don't like I couldn't tell you what episode it was from, unless it was like stylistic. Now in color, episode three is the '70s. Wanda is pregnant. Um. Geraldine shows up. Oh no, she showed up in season two. Uh, she gets kicked out in episode three. She does, at the, because at the very end, after the babies have been born, the twins, the because um, she ends up pregnant at the end of the second episode, and so then she's like progressing along, and the doctor comes to visit. It was it was actually all very comical. But the doctor comes to visit to check on her, and Vision's trying to like calculate when the babies are actually going to arrive because he's like, "This is moving much faster than it should." Like the doctor is about to go on vacation, and he ends up having to be dragged back. And of course, by the time they get there, the babies have been born. But then um, she mentions her brother, Quicksilver. Then he gets, or she, she, Wanda gets very upset. And kicks her out. I think that's how that episode ends. It is. It is. And uh, the next episode, episode four, is actually the whole episode, um, which it's very appropriately named, we interrupt this program, because we leave the WandaVision show and go outside of Westview to see what's been happening outside of this, like, imaginary bubble thing this rip in the space-time continuum the hex the hex (laughs) which i've thought puts his hands up in the air i've thought is a very clever way they're putting in so many little nuggets that if you're mildly familiar with scarlet witch 
you're just like, oh, that's a that's a really cool way to have encountered that because like her powers are they're very variable from a from a comics perspective but they're typically called like hex magic yeah she's a witch and witches have hexes i don't it's a it's a thing and when they called the the area the hex i was like oh meg they did the thing and she was like i don't know what that means (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we get to see everything from the outside i really like the beginning of this episode because Something that we didn't think about when we were watching Endgame was when they snapped everybody back to existence, one thing that Robert Downey, or uh, (laughs) Iron Man, uh, (laughs) Tony Stark, one thing he said specifically was he said, snap them back into existence, but allow nothing to have changed. Like, leave everything else exactly the same. So when they snap them back... They are snapped back doing the thing that they were doing before. So this woman who we have met in previous episodes, who is a friend of Wanda's, she was snapped out of existence waiting on her mother to heal in the hospital. And she snaps back five years later and is still sitting in the same chair and her mom's not there. And so it was like, oh, yeah, you don't think about that kind of stuff. So, like, in the process of that five years, like, her mom passed away. And she was under the impression that her mom was getting better when she was snapped out of existence. So it was very interesting. It definitely put another perspective on it, for sure. Because, like, try to try to put yourself in that situation of you're sitting bedside in a hospital waiting for for someone that you love and hold dear to come out of surgery and then you blink and they never come out and you run out into the hallway and it's frantic and you see the nurse and you're like what happened and like it's five years later like i don't know what to tell you your mom's been dead for two years you've been gone like there's a lot to unpack with that yeah so it's definitely like I know I didn't think about it when when the the unblippening occurred, but that's I mean it's it's definitely heavy from an emotional perspective. And then I was thinking of like horrible things that people were doing when they were snapped out of existence and then they suddenly come back because like for example, she's walking down the hallway and this random person just appears out of nowhere and bumps into her. I just had a terrible terrible unblippening thought. Can you imagine a pilot got blipped? And he just falls out of the sky. And he, he gets right back to where he was, but guess what he doesn't have? A plane. A plane. <laughs> That's terrifying. That is awful. It is. Golly. It's so, so bad. Oh, that's that's upsetting. Yeah. But yeah, but we, we get to see, um, we basically get to see what's been happening. And basically what's been happening is, is, Wanda has created this alternate reality, this fake town that doesn't actually exist in New Jersey. She's created this new reality where Vision is alive. She now has twins. We get the annoying girl from Thor comes back. What was her name? Hey, 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 hey. We like Darcy now. I don't know. She's an adult. She went from... (laughs) intern who was just doing it for college credit to 
Dr. Darcy Lewis. That's true. She's, Good for her. She's a much more fleshed out character than she was in Thor. And definitely yeah. Thor Thor has two movies. He has Thor and Ragnarok. Those are the only Thor movies that exist. Organization called Sword. Sword and Shield. Funny because Swords. Anything else you wanted to say about episode four? I mean, it ends very upsettingly because so so that's kind of the meta, you know, what's been happening outside of Westview while the sitcom has been going on. And then it ends after Monica Rambo. First of all, some some background for Monica Rambo, the character we first in- were introduced to as Geraldine. Um, Monica Rambo is the little girl from Captain Marvel. So Carol Danvers. Oh, okay. Her, That's who I thought it was. It was so it was Maria Rambo was her like wing mate co-pilot i don't know the i haven't seen captain marvel in a hot second so that's who that's who the that's who geraldine was and i'll be a hundred percent honest i knew that from the beginning because she was announced as cast as monica rambo so going in i was like oh yeah that's geraldine but when push comes to shove she's Monica Rambo. And that's why, you know, her mom was such a big deal because her mom has been to space and like saw aliens and like all of that mess. Uh, anyway, so, uh, we interrupt this program ends. Uh, Monica is pushed out through a bunch of stuff, by the way, through like walls and fences and they push her out of the force field. And then it gets back to Wanda and vision and Vision is just a shell. He has the hole in his forehead where the Mind Stone was. His eyes are dead. He is how he looked at the end of Infinity War. And Wanda freaks out because obviously, right? I mean, you're not going to hold it together that well. And then she just snaps it back. You're like, oh yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. This episode, I feel like, is when you start to get a grip on like how untapped wanda's power has been up until this point because you see glimpses of it like in infinity war when she ends up destroying the mind stone with one hand and holding thanos off with her other hand like you see glimpses of how insanely powerful she is but now you're starting to realize that like oh no she's losing her mind which is a terrifying prospect for someone who can do this she can control an entire city. So it's definitely like, it's just getting like each episode builds and builds and builds. And I'm so excited to see how these next episodes are going. And each episode builds and really it's kind of making Wanda to be the bad guy. I think it's, I think it's going to get to that point. I personally am not there yet. So um, before we get into that discussion, I think move on to uh episode five on a very special episode the so the the twins are crying um because that's what babies do babies do i've been told jay is that true the evident i can back that up with personal experience that (laughs) yes babies do cry they try to get them to stop they lay them down they give them pacifiers which um, hilariously, they spit them like six feet up in the air. I was like, that takes some talent. Um, <laughs> and then right as they're like, oh, what are we going to do? Agnes knocks on the door and Vision's like, uh-oh, what's uh, what's going on here? 
So Agnes is like, oh, you know, I'm showing up, whatever. I heard that you were having some problems, so I wanted to try and help. And Vision's getting a little suspicious because in the middle of Agnes's little speech, she looks kind of scared and she looks at Juan and she's like, do we need to go from the top? Do I need to do it again? Kind of like she's an actor and being like, okay, you know, cut and we're going to roll it again. Action. It's kind of what she was expecting. And Vision just, you see the wheels start to turn uh, metaphorically, but he is also a robot. So he's like, uh, did, did you see that? And then just more and more coincidences throughout the episode of like Agnes suddenly appearing with the exact thing they need at the exact time they need it. So he's getting significantly more suspicious. So she gets them to stop crying But then Wanda and Vision go to look in their cribs, and the kids are gone. The babies are not there. And then they turn around and look, and there are these two five-year-olds. And the kids, in the span of... I mean, it happens super early in the episode. It's like five or ten minutes. Yeah. They're like, um... We're we're five. Deal with it. So then they have a second... uh, I don't know about you. I've really been enjoying these, like, the theme songs... Because they kind of defined the era in which the episode is set. So I yeah. got some, some real strong Full House vibes from yes, the theme song is, yeah. in, on a very special episode. So they find a dog at five years old. Wanda and Vision are like, no, you can't have a dog until you're ten. So they fast forward. <laughs> the boys look at each other. They're like, nod. And they're like, no, 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 no. Oh, and then they're ten. And all this is happening right in front of Agnes who doesn't bat an eye. Nope. And and even Vision's like, she's seeing everything that you're doing. You're not hiding your powers at all. And she's like, yeah, I'm just kind of tired of doing that now. So, um, what else? Oh, this was, a, this was another one. Vision goes to work with the computers, which, it's such a funny scene uh, at the beginning and such a sad, sad scene at the end. What is the, what is the character's name? It's not the one that he wakes up Norm? temporarily. Is it Norm? Yeah. No, I thought I no. Think so. Norm is the guy from the uh, neighborhood watch. They're talking about the computers in this er- this early computer kind of like, what do we do? And he's like, what is this thing gonna find me a wife? And Vision's like, well, give it time. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just this this light humor that you would have when computers were new and you were trying to learn about them. And then, I didn't know this was something in Vision's power set, but he, like, taps him on the side of the head and, you know, suppresses Wanda's mind control for a second, and he full-on breaks down. Yeah, he's like, I'm in pain. Get me out of here. You gotta get her to stop. I need to check on my sister, I think is what he says. He's watching our dad, who is sick. And then he's like, Vision starts freaking out. He's like, uh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And he resets him and he's like, I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's it's getting pretty intense. So he comes home and he starts questioning Wanda. You know, he's he's really, they're really getting angry at each other. Raising their voices and, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. And, um, oh, earlier in the episode... She had been talking to the boys about her brother. And then at the end of the episode, there's a knock on the door. And for the first time, Wanda is like, I don't know who that is. And I don't, I don't know what's going on. And then who's there? 
Evan Peters. Quicksilver from the X-Men. Yes. I was and so excited. I lost my mind and I went, oh, no way they didn't. And of course, my wife, Sarah, and my oldest son is like, huh? Same. I was, <laughs> And I'm like, he's from the X-Men, like the Fox version of X-Men. I was like, I was like tapping like, Meg oh. on the arm. I was like, Meg, 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 do you understand what just happened? And she was like, no, <laughs> I don't. I never considered that they could use WandaVision as that bridge. I thought they were going to use it more in the Multiverse of Madness. I 100% agree. But this kind of just shows why they've set up the Multiverse of Madness is because she's breaking the multiverse. Well, I mean, they had said since the beginning, WandaVision leads right into Doctor Strange 2. So it almost makes me wonder if the whole series is going to end with... Has a breakdown. Well, she has a breakdown, but then does uh, does Doctor Strange come in at the very end? I imagine it's not... If I were, if I were to guess, right now, February 12th, 2021, I don't think Strange is who comes in. In the season finale. I think it's Mordo. Oh, really? I do. Huh. Because you wouldn't... I, personally, I wouldn't send a movie character into a TV show like that. Like that direct bridge. You would say, you know, on this side of the river is WandaVision. And on this other side of the river is the Doctor Strange movie. And you could have Strange as a bridge there. But I think it would be better to have a smaller character be that go-between so i think mordo does something to provoke or attack wanda and that's when strange has to come in and he's just like this is really not gone well for anyone but also in in uh, episode five one of the more powerful scenes i thought um so sword sent a drone in to try to communicate with wanda and then unbeknownst to monica there was a missile on it. They had armed the drone and they tried to attack her, which I mean, come on in my personal opinion is the single most powerful person on the planet. And they tried to attack her with a missile like that. That didn't add up from the beginning, but she leaves, she leaves her force field and she does the Magneto. You remember what I'm talking about from the first X-Men movie? Yes. So she mind controls all of the soldiers instead of pointing their guns at her they point them at the the acting sword director, which is an incredible callback to a scene from the first X-Men movie where Magneto took control of all the guns and pointed them at the police officers. And that's a that's a fun little callback because canonically Magneto is Scarlet Witch's father. So it's just a fun little like kind of like what I was saying about earlier with the hex, like if you know, you know type of thing. And it's just fun little things like that sprinkled throughout the show. We also, in this episode, I I, I can't remember if it's this episode or the episode before, but we kind of get our first little hint that there might be some mutations going on. Because, what did you say her name was? Rambo? Mm Mm-hmm. Monica. She, Monica, she she has some x-rays done and some blood work done. And the x-rays come back and they can't be read. There's nothing there. And then when they test her blood, the blood has a lot of mutations that are beginning to form in her bloodstream. 
So there's some rumor going around that there that might be the all the people inside of this town right now might end up becoming the first few mutants that we see. Oh, oh, I didn't know this. So that's a saying it could be the beginning of her mutation is very interesting because according to the Monica Rambo Wikipedia page that I pulled up she is introduced as the second Captain Marvel, so that she definitely is going to end with powers somehow. So she could end up being a Captain Marvel. So that's definitely going to add fuel to the fire, because when they mention Captain Marvel, because the same... I don't know if it's the same stone or just the, the similarity that Wanda and Carol Danvers both got their powers from Infinity Stones... There is a look of incredible disdain on Monica's face. Like you I I did not expect that. So she's obviously not a fan and I mean knowing there's going to be a sequel that is going to be one of the interpersonal conflicts. Because I mean every superhero movie the hero has a conflict with the villain but the hero has a smaller more deeper personal conflict with their friends that's how every single superhero movie is i feel like so that's just something to look forward to going forward it's going to happen and then the episode that came out tonight february 12th was an all-new halloween spooktacular and the beginning opening credits were that that looked like um malcolm in the middle uh, the episode itself was even like hosted basically by the kids. They talked to the camera, broke the fourth wall to talk to the audience, which was a cool callback to that show. But they did a, a good job with it, and it was a very interesting show, a uh, very interesting episode, because what we've seen or what we see is uh, Vision is basically Wanda's given him more freedom and. <laughs> I saw your little... <laughs> I just... I'd been looking forward to the costuming of this episode since the first teaser. So we, we get to see all the original comic book costumes. Vision, Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver. Great callback there. Even the boys dressed up in their um, pretty comic book accurate costumes with Wiccan and Speed. So... It, that was pretty cool. Their powers are introduced in this episode, which are exactly what you would imagine them to be. One is fast, and the other one has the same powers as Scarlet Witch. So, Just lesser. Or, or at least close to in it. In the same vein, if you will. Yes. Yes. It's almost as if they were inherited or something. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. You know, I guess we could officially say that they are mutants, because they were born with their powers, as opposed to... Um, being given them by, you know, some radioactive spider or whatever. But anywho, let's see what else happens. Oh, well, Vision, Vision's getting a little more freedom. So she's letting him kind of roam around. He's even lied and has said, I'm going to do something when really he wasn't. He was actually going to investigate the town because he's realized that something off is is going on and... He's very confused, and the further he got away from the city, or the city center, rather, the slower everything got, and people weren't moving or repeating their steps over and over again. 
uh, one lady was like hanging up something, but she was crying at the same time. Very eerie, very spooky. Had a very um, Stranger Things feel to it. But uh, in the meantime, Quicksilver is talking a lot to Wanda. Quicksilver, or I can't even remember his actual name, the character's Pietro. name. Pietro. Pietro. He knows a lot. Did you notice that? It almost feels like it is the Age of Ultron Quicksilver, but in the skin of the X-Men Quicksilver. But he know well, he knows even so much as to like he even knows Vision is dead. That but that he threw died me. before Vision died. He died. He died before well no, they Vision wasn't he was alive. He was active at the same time as Quicksilver, but they didn't overlap by much. Yeah, well, I mean, he knew of Vision, mm-hmm. but he didn't know that Vision had died, but he was openly like, oh, hey, what's going to happen? Your husband's going to die Yeah, again? no, he said your dead husband can't die twice. Yeah. And she did like, not appreciate that. Like, how does he know all that? Unless she's just allowed him... Is it because that that's her brother? Like, she's allowed him to have more insight into what's going on because he's like asking questions like how'd you do all this it makes you wonder who that actually is you know i'm beginning to think that it's not actually the the predominant theory online or at least from from the the spheres that i'm in is that it's not quicksilver it's mephisto and that's and that's the bridge to multiverse of madness because Mephisto's a straight up Doctor Strange villain. So, but there there have been since it was known that WandaVision leads into Multiverse of Madness, people have been like grasping at straws trying to be like, you know, what if this character is actually Mephisto or what if this character is actually this other character? And it's just kind of to a point now when you you just like, do you know uh, you know GMM Good Mythical Morning? Yeah. You know how they do the where in the world is X, Y, and Z from? Yeah. It's almost like, you know how Link has the special dart and his whole goal is just throw a bunch of stuff at the map and see what sticks? That's what this feels like. It could, anyone could be anything. And it's like, what, yeah. what is, if anyone could be anything, nobody is anything until it is either confirmed or denied. It is something. That's, yeah. And uh, Vision gets out. And when he gets out, he starts falling apart. Um, it almost feels like he's getting snapped, but in snow motion, like slow motion. Snow motion. Snow motion. Because he's, <laughs> he kind of like was becoming that, but not like, I don't know. Yeah, it was interesting. And then uh, Billy figures out that dad's in trouble and Wanda expands oh the hex. Gosh. So and much sucks in a whole bunch of new characters. <laughs> I I will admit so so she expands the hex, but she expands it so abruptly and so rapidly that a lot of the sword base doesn't escape. It's just enveloped into this the her her home into Westview, and <laughs> the first time that they show the hex expanding over sword agents it turns them into clowns <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i thought i i did see see some of the humor in that but it turns the whole sword base into a circus so you have clowns 
you have mimes which was a funny which was a, mimes are funny but also terrifying if you really think about it and um the thing that got me the most though jay i don't know if you noticed it or not they turned an apc into a food truck but specifically a funnel cake food truck and it was called the funnel of love and i thought that was hilarious <laughs> that's pretty funny i didn't notice that yeah the helicopter turned into a hot air balloon and you have the big top and the main the biggest tent and it's it's definitely like i'm interested to see how it's explored in the next episode but the thing i'm most wondering about the next episode is who monica and uh jimmy are on their way to see again me too the predominant online theory is that they're going to see reed richards oh that reed is the because in in episode five monica mentioned she's like yeah i know an astrophysicist who can handle this and the thought is that's reed oh my goodness can you imagine no i honestly can't but i'm struggling (laughs) to think of who else it would be because they've already in well they've alluded to an external fox character but i don't know who else it, like wh- what other astrophysicist is there in the mcu it wouldn't be jane would it i don't think so um, well hold on that actually makes a lot of sense and if it was gonna be jane why would darcy stay behind because that's the other thing this episode, oh, yeah, that doesn't make sense. This episode ends. Darcy gets sucked into the hex she because does. she had been handcuffed to a to a sword vehicle. I don't remember what kind of. I think it was like a jeep, and they just kind of abandon her. And she's like, "Oh, well, this isn't going to go well for me." And then it doesn't. So that's another thing to look forward to in episode seven: is what up with Darcy? What up with that? Ooh wee. Huh? And then what is she gonna? Man, so many questions. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow, it, this is crazy. It makes me really hate that Disney Plus releases their shows one episode a week. I mean, not like at Netflix. the same time, though, I have a lot of respect for it. Oh no, I, res- <laughs> I, res- I respect it because it's how TV used to be. It's how TV really should be. I don't know, In though, my opinion. I loved being able to sit down and watch like three episodes of The Witcher back to back. Yeah. Because the individual episode is so compelling in its sense of like what happens in this episode, but also the plot as a whole. And that's something I feel like WandaVision has done incredibly well is there is an overarching plot, but inside of each episode, there's a self-contained plot as well. You know, there, there's a good balance there of long-term and short-term. And it's so compelling because we're sitting here like we need the next one. Come on. Like, let us have it, man. Like, give us the stuff. Hey, you you got any more of those uh, WandaVision episodes? <laughs> I, I want to hang out with Dave Chappelle so much. <laughs> that man is incredible. Anyway, <laughs> I I reference that because he's doing the the Tyrone Biggums meme. He's like, you got any more of that anything? You can turn that. You got any more of that anything? Well. Yes, I, I, I'm looking forward. In fact, let's see. This was episode six, so I believe there's going to be nine episodes. So we've got three more. So we might, what well, we might have to do, because you know the last two episodes are going to be like... Massive. Completely tied together. 
So we're probably going to have to just review because another episode will have come out. Like there'll still be one left by the time our next episode comes out. So we might have to just review number seven and then review eight and nine together. Okay. So we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. You right. You right. Well, with that out of the way, it's time for us to do. I was going to stretch. Oh, you got something. I was going to say it's time you to stretch. Something? Oh yeah. I'm stretching. <laughs> I'm looking at I'm our stretching. We we're we're an hour. That's what I'm saying. This. I'm looking gotta, at our audacity. I'm bit. like, Oh man, we're over an hour already. Like I know we can cut some stuff off the beginning of this, but it makes me wonder if this episode might not end up being too long. We're so we're full of hot air is what it is. Well, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. So, re-watch, remake. No, it's the other one flows better. Remake, rewatch. Remake, rewatch. <laughs> so this week we are reviewing two. That's right, two Star Trek movies. The 2013 Star Trek Into Darkness, and the 1982 of Star Trek Two. The Wrath of Khan. You did not say that with confidence, so I'm looking it up. It is 1982. Hey, I know my stuff. <laughs> I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying you didn't say it with confidence. I, just, I was second-guessing myself. I was about to say 1983, but I was like, no. So, two very different movies. Well, kind of. So, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan... What's cool about that movie is it uses the characters and actors from the Star Trek series that was on television, I, which is very cool. In that, in that vein, I feel like I'm going to preface this by saying, growing up, Wrath of Khan was one of my dad's favorite movies. I, I feel like if he was going to he didn't do this very often, but if he was going to sit down and watch a movie, there was probably at least a 40% chance it was going to be Wrath of Khan. Okay, so he really likes this movie. He's a big fan. And in that vein, um, Wrath of Khan, it starts with these characters already having this pre-existing relationship. And if you watch Wrath of Khan isolated just by itself, you don't understand what's happening because the the characters, the conflict all began in a, a TOS episode called Space Seed. 1967 so that's actually the only original series episode i've ever seen was to see it in that you know that mindset of like oh this is a wrath of khan prequel and not seeing it in that order of like this came out 15 years before pretty mind-blowing yeah it's perspective is a really weird thing you know it's one of those things that i kind of wish they would do more of I've always thought that it would be really neat for them to make a TV series and then once they get to like a really big event in the TV series, make a movie that comes out in theaters. Like, I always thought they should have done that with um, the Arrowverse, which I think now is called the CW-verse. Or whatever. Yeah, it's not going to last very long. But anyway, they like there were times where they would do certain events where there was something really big happening, and I always thought, you know, they should go ahead and put a lot of money into it, do a big budget, and actually make like a movie 
with these really big events. The only issue with that, which I see it on your face, is you're then having to catch everybody up who hasn't been watching the series on what's going on. Yes and no. Um, My take on massive crossover events like that, if you're going to shoot it as individual episodes of individual series, what I think you should do is recut it to all take place in chronological order. So you take the individual scenes from the individual shows because the casts at this point are a mishmash. Everybody is in everybody's show for a crossover event. So you just put the scenes in the order they need to be for the narrative to make sense, start to finish, and you release that as a separate entity. So like for a crisis, you would say this is the Crisis on Infinite Earths special edition release. And, you know, you could make it a boxed set exclusive or, I mean, you know how nerds are. If you make it an exclusive in a box set, they're going to be like, I have the box set. I'm one of the only people who can watch this. And then someone will leak it (laughs) online and ruin the whole thing. But in my head, that's, that's kind of what makes sense. I get you, though, about... You know, now I have to catch up on this show that I don't care about. I mean, I've thought about that with crossovers. Yeah. Well, the difference, though, well, though I was trying to get to eventually took a, took a while to get there. But Star Trek Into Darkness is a sequel to the reboot that was made by J.J. Abrams, and so you get not as big as a. I mean, there's still some pretty good character development there that's already taken place, but it's certainly not as strong as what we've alluded to with Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. So that, that to me, of these two movies, is the biggest difference. The character development? Yeah. Assistance of the Enterprise crew. Admiral Kirk must stop an old nemesis. Khan from using the life-generating Genesis device as the ultimate weapon. Dun, dun, dun! Okay, and then for Into Darkness, after the crew of the Enterprise finds an unstoppable force of terror from within their own organization, Captain Kirk leads a manhunt to a war war zone world to capture a one-man weapon of mass destruction. So I think one thing um, that we've already alluded to, the base from which Wrath of Khan starts is much stronger than Into Darkness. I also think going into a remake-specific analysis, it's important to clarify um, like movie tags. So if you see a movie that says, based on a true story... It's going to be different than a movie that says inspired by actual events. So based on a true story is going to follow a lot closer to what actually happened or is alleged to have happened. That's a murky thing. Inspired by actual events has much more creative license in the sense of it could have happened this way. We might be exaggerating a lot of things. That's kind of where Into Darkness falls for me. It's not a traditional remake in the sense like um, Disney's been doing with all of their live actions. 
when it's essentially the same plot, redone, different things emphasized, more fleshed out. This is more of a, we took a lot of the same pieces, and we're going to try and put square pegs in round holes until it works. I'd say that's fair. That's a fair analysis. So when you when you go into it thinking like, oh man, this is going to be Wrath of Khan, there are enough things that happen when you're like, oh yes, they cherry pick this scene and that scene and this scene. And it's like, okay, you know, this this works. And some of it's just really forced. Like the the movie ends Into Darkness ends very poorly in my opinion critically. So to this day, one of the most impactful movie scenes is the end of Wrath of Khan. Yeah, it's very emotional. So Wrath of Khan ends, Khan realizes he's been beaten and he pulls out the only card he has left to play. He's detonating the Genesis device. But the Enterprise is crippled. It can't go at light speed. It can barely go at all. And at the rate it's moving, it can't escape. And Spock realizes this. He goes into... It's a, it's a nuclear reactor, essentially, right? He yeah. He jostles some crystals. I don't know. They don't really clarify what he does in there. He puts some gloves on and stares into a flashlight. That's <laughs> essentially what happens. <laughs> <laughs> effects wise yes that's that's what happened so he he fixes the engine they escape and it's a big rah rah moment for everybody on the bridge until it's not kirk flies however far down in a ship as big as the enterprise those rooms are not close together right no engineering in the <laughs> bridge not close together so I feel like if this had been remade into like a comedy, it would have been a mon like a Tom Cruise montage of him running through the ship, and it would not have carried the same emotional weight. Or like that scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and the guy is running and he's never getting <laughs> he's closer. He's running and he's running, and then all of a sudden, yeah, that's exactly ah! what it would have been. <laughs> and then suddenly he's there. <laughs> so in the blink of an eye. Uh, Kirk is from the bridge to engineering and he sees Spock with some eighties makeup on and he, he's dying because he just rearranged some nuclear materials and radiation exists. So they have this incredible heart to heart, which is a, a throwback to a callback to a conversation they had had earlier in the movie, which I had never really clicked for me until I watched it for this. I had completely missed some of the rising action of, of wrath of Khan. They, um, they have this incredible heart to heart Spock dies and it's tragic and it's so tragic. Very, very emotional. It's so emotional and so sad and I have this scene as a Christmas ornament. You hit a button, and it plays the audio. It's the saddest Christmas ornament you can possibly have. Merry Christmas. Thank you for this gift. So kind. <laughs> so I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> and then to, to adapt that into Into Darkness, 
Kirk is the one. It felt very Galaxy Quest with, like, scaling the ship. Because in Wrath of Khan, he just goes into a revolving door. Boom, he's where he needs to be. Wrath of Khan, he has to... Or, Wrath of Khan, Into Darkness, he has to be, like, a gold medal gymnast to vault up and, like, pull himself up to where he needs to be. And then somehow gets back to the door where only Spock can see him. And they have that same sad dialogue, except... But this time the roles are reversed, and Kirk is the one who's in there, and Spock is out. Except there's more movie left. Spock chases down Khan in, like, futuristic San Francisco, and he steals his blood, and he uses it to cure Kirk. And it happens very rapidly, and it's like, there's no finality here. It completely takes away the emotional impact of the end of Wrath of Khan. Because at the end of Wrath of Khan, Spock is dead. Right. They blast him onto a planet in a torpedo. The end of Into Darkness yeah, made me so upset I never saw Beyond. And I heard Beyond was actually really good. Yeah, it, w- it wasn't bad. It was pretty good. But yeah, I mean, I, I see your argument there. For sure, it, you know it, it. It you do have this emo- emotional moment again, and you know, frankly, I, I think they did a really good job in Into Darkness with that scene. You know, it was flip flopped, which was kind of cool. Um, so it wasn't exactly the same, but you know, same emotional moment. Still did a really good job. But yeah, you're right. It there was no, you know, they were like, oh, but wait, we got to make a third movie. Yeah. <laughs> So they bring him back, which is kind of a shame, you know, because you're like, man, that could have been so much better. Let the dead stay dead. Yeah. I feel like... So another thing that they they kind of picked from Wrath of Khan was the character of Dr. Marcus. So in Wrath of Khan, Dr. Marcus is a former love interest of James T. Kirk, who becomes the lead scientist on the Genesis Project. And in Into Darkness, Dr. Marcus lies her way on board the enterprise because she's the daughter of i mean spoiler alert for a now eight-year-old movie the actual villain admiral marcus who has secretly built the essentially the enterprise on steroids and he's using it to provoke a war because he thinks he has a ship that can win so he has stacked the deck in his favor and he still lost because he was the villain, and that's how, I mean, the good guys win. With very limited exceptions. Is there is there a Star Trek where the good guys don't win? Oh, I was just thinking of movies in general. The only one I can think of is um, Infinity War. But you know there's more to that story at the end of Infinity War. That's true, yeah. The only, I mean, again, spoiler alert, the only one that I can really think of is, like, Friday Night Lights. Oh, yeah. Where it's the big game yeah. at the end of the movie... And the team right. loses. It's just... Uh, Moneyball. I don't know that they lose. I mean, they, in a traditional sense, wins and losses, they lose. But did they really lose? Or was the real Moneyball the friends they made along the way? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that movie referred to in that way. I, I imagine you likely never will again. Nope. But you know what it is? It's another movie with Brad Pitt eating something, and it did really well. Coincidence? I think not. I 
think not. Just saying. Any movie you look at, look at the numbers. Any movie that he is in where he eats something, he consumes a food, that movie does really well. Does he eat something in seven? Uh, I mean, probably at some point. I, I mean, he's got to because it did really well. <laughs> I mean, it, it's undeniable logic. But yeah, um, so I guess we should, let's see, we already said J.J. Abrams did Into Darkness. Oh, you know another thing that bothered me about this movie is there's no colon or, like, separation in the title. It really is Star Trek Into Darkness. I'll be honest. Like, there's no pause. I've, I've always just called it Into Darkness. Just kind of let the Star Trek be understood. But when I just call it into darkness, no one knows what I'm talking about. So yeah. kind of in that same yeah. vein of what you're saying, the the production of the title, the presentation of the name of the movie itself, I, can, I definitely agree that that's a problem. Like, you know, for instance, Star Trek 2, there's a colon, The Wrath of Khan. Star Trek Into Darkness. So, no pause there. But it starred Chris Pine... Zachary, I've always gone uh, Quinto, a hard a Q, but I don't know that. Quinto, it probably is Quinto. Zoe Sadana, Carl Urban, Simon Pegg, John Cho, Benedict Cumberbatch. I also feel like so one of the things that we need to do, um, with with this movie, is just a quick R.I.P. for Anton Yelchin. Because he very sadly passed away um, right before Beyond released, I think. So uh-huh. it was very tragic. I think he got like pinned between a car and a mailbox until he died. Um, it was it was very sad. He's such a bright light in the remake casts to me because Simon Pegg is cast, and you know what you're getting with Simon Pegg, right? And yeah. you have. Um, the new Kirk, the new Spock, but the new Chekhov. I was I thought he was so good and he had this incredible career ahead of him until he didn't. So I just in in the while we're talking about the remake, I think it's I think it's important to posthumously appreciate his work in these movies. It's also worth noting that Leonard Nimoy and you know, who has also passed away played Spock in Wrath of Khan and then William Shatner of course plays Kirk. It's the uh, the OG TOS cast. Yep. Along with I believe it was introducing Kirstie Alley in Wrath of Khan. Was it? I believe so. Oh yes, you're right. So that would be if not her very first one of her earliest. Yeah, let me click on her here in IMDb. She had some television appearances, but her she was in one episode of some show I've never heard of, three episodes of Match Game, which was a show I should not have watched as a child, and then Wrath of Khan. So it's it Wrath of Khan definitely has the more known cast from an expectation standpoint because it's it's actors who had been in those roles for so long. They were definitely much more defined and, I mean, from where I sat, much more comfortable. A lot of the um, remake 
I can't I can't speak for the trilogy because I haven't seen Beyond, but a lot of the the first I think it was 2009 and Into Darkness they feel very like heavy fisted when it's just shoving stuff at you. I think in a vacuum Into Darkness is a decent borderline enjoyable sci-fi movie. I think to go into it thinking of it as a true remake of Wrath of Khan, you will be disappointed. Yes. To me, of the two movies, Wrath of Khan is very much superior. I'm going to agree. Rotten Tomatoes would also agree with you where Wrath of Khan got an 88 and Into Darkness got a 84. I'm genuinely surprised it's that high. I I actually am too. Uh, I would not have rated it that high. Can you, since you have it pulled up, didn't ask us. is there a way that you can look and compare it to the full gamut of Star Trek Rotten Tomatoes numbers? Let's see. If I just search Star Trek, I wonder if it'll pull up all the movies. All right. Star Trek Beyond has an 86. Wow. Into Darkness is an 84. Star Trek, the remake with Chris Pine is 94 it is really good star trek nemesis is 38 (laughs) insurrection is 54 still ouch that's actually why oh you gotta press next (laughs) (laughs) star trek 3 the search for spock was a 79 wrath of khan 88 the first star trek movie got a 41 yeah it's not good so they did some really big improvements there, which the remake of Star Trek with Chris Pine and uh, the same cast from Into Darkness, it is very good. I think one of the things that makes it so superior to the original Star Trek, the motion picture, is that they had to... It's a full-on reboot. It's not, yeah. you know, taking established characters and... and other entities that are already known and just being like, well, you know, we have these characters. We're going to make a movie with it. And the motion picture is kind of weird. So making it a sci-fi action movie like 2009, Star Trek 2009 is a very enjoyable, like high quality movie. And when you go into, into darkness with that same expectation, it is not met. Yeah. So, Agreed. we are in a consensus, if you're going to pick one of these two movies to watch r- roughly the same plot, watch Wrath of Khan. It's better. However, I will say, if you want to watch a Star Trek trilogy, I recommend the remakes that they made. They are very good. Um, enjoyable, I guess I'll say. They're fun, so I think that's I think that's fair. I check it out for sure. So um, we agreed on something comfortable. I like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I enjoy that. So this has been <laughs> did a did a gate from a like a graveyard just open up? Uh, I mean, I hope not. But at the same time, like if something happens to me, you'll ah. No, John, it was my 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 boom arm is squeaky, so 
Um, I'm just gonna say that's our that's our first take at remake rewatch. It felt a little rough uh, because I I hadn't planned it out super well. I'm gonna own that one, um, but I think it's a it's a fun little segment. So yeah. it's it's something like we can it. definitely do uh, intermittently going forward. And if you have a set of movies that have been famously or infamously remade and you would like us to take a look at them, let us know. You can reach out to us. Uh, if you have a pair of movies, you could reach out to us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. Um, you can comment on our on our posts. You can DM us there. Um, if you're not on Facebook, you can uh, shoot us an email. They didn't ask us at gmail.com. Uh, the show is on Instagram now. That one's going to be 100% J, who is also on Instagram. His personal handle is the nerd is underscore in underscore is crucial there. We've talked about it in the past. And then I'm going to be on Twitter. And Twitch at jmuller8332. Jay, which one have I missed? That is pretty much it. Okay, I, I was... You've hit it all. I was confident I had missed one, so I feel vindicated that you said I didn't. That's all the best ways to contact us. If you want to send us an audio file with any of your questions or comments, please feel free to do so. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, not sure what's up with the anchor page, but it hadn't been working right. Uh, people can't seem to be, they can't seem to get their stuff in. So not sure what's going on there. Could, but Can they email us an MP3? They sure can. Well, there you go. Yeah, you can email us an MP3. Quite as, Feel free to do not that. Not quite as convenient, but there is a workaround available. Yeah, you can record it on your phone and email it to us. It's pretty easy. In fact, I was going to check the Gmail real quick because I hadn't looked I'm in a while. I'm very bad at looking for that, but I have it. See if anybody had Texas. Jay, I think we've made it. Uh, we have some spam. Yes, I see that. We're, we're official podcasters now, y'all. We have spam on our, on our account email. We've made it. <laughs> That's it. That's the show. I uh, hope you enjoyed. Glad we're back. And uh, we'll be able to do this again in two weeks. We love you guys. We'll see you in two weeks. And until then, nerd out. Thank you for listening to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we would love to hear from you. You can reach the show by email at they didn't ask us at gmail.com. Whether you just discovered our podcast or have been a long-time listener, if you enjoy what we are doing, please take a moment after the show, give us a review, and also give us a rating. Tune in next time to hear more random nerdy thoughts and opinions from your new favorite podcast.